Hey, what's up? It's Raj, and I'm back with another episode of The Raji Rabbit Show. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. If you're on YouTube or on Apple's podcast or SoundCloud, however you hear this, make sure you subscribe it, rate it, leave me a comment. I love to talk back to you, and I love to interact with everybody out there. Also, make sure you follow me online uh, on Facebook, because when you hear these podcasts or uh, episodes and you hear me interacting with people asking questions or something that's them asking it live we record a lot of the interviews live so you will get a notification when I go live and depending on the guest if you want to chime in you're more than welcome to be a part of the show so keep that in mind as you listen to this pre-recorded experience right now of the Roger Rabbit show that you can be part of it next time just by liking my page Roger Rabbit on Facebook. All right, without further ado, my guest today is Modern Romance, real name Neil. He is amazing and a longtime DJ that was uh, part of the house music scene in LA years and years ago. So you're going to hear about his transition from DJ into what he does now and the whole journey along the way. And you'll also meet another special guest, Mr. Jumbo. Yes, I'll leave it at that. He's an interesting character. You're going to find out what he does too. They're my guests today on the Raji Rabbit Show. Let's dial it in. Alright, we are live. Let me put the little window thing here. Shut up. Alright, so check it out. We're live at the Raji Rabbit Show. We're back and I am in our headquarters here at BPM Supreme. Hanging out with a buddy of mine, DJ Modern Romance. His uh, real name is Neil. And uh, you've been a DJ for a long time, right Neil? Yes. A long, long time. Since like 1989. 1989. Yeah, that long. What was it like DJing in 1989? Spent a lot of money on records, carrying crates. Carrying crates. Learning about the culture of um, the early 90s hip hop and uh, the early stages of techno, and, and then um, Deep House started like around 92. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> techno and Deep House, and you've been a uh, pretty much playing. You've been uh, playing since the pioneer days of those uh, genres, right? Yeah. So. When do you remember first being exposed to house music, um, since it was so long ago? I think my first house song I ever heard was at a house party was Robin S. Show Me Love. Yeah. I just started from there. Yeah. And then did you like, uh, did you seek out vinyl? Like, did you get the expensive vinyl, the imports and all that stuff? Or did you just get, how did you get your vinyl? Um, I used, I used to record shop at Exus Records and then, um, all the metal stores like DMC and, um, uh, Beat Nonstop. Um, so you're lucky because yeah, you're yeah. you're lucky because you're from uh, from LA, and or well, you've been in, were you born and raised in LA? Yes, I was born and raised um, from the San Gabriel Valley, um, hometown of El Monte, in Mexican terms. So yeah, that's where I was born and raised from. Awesome. So you're still Southern California, right? Yes. So you born got, and raised. Right. So and uh, being in LA, especially in the DJ music scene and everything. You had a lot more access to records and stuff than someone, say, like, um, landlocked like myself um, from Indiana. Plus, we have a big difference uh, in starting points uh, when I started versus when you started. But even when I started, which is a long time after you started, uh, it was uh, uh, it was still hard to get vinyl, you know, like as a DJ in, in Indiana. So you were very lucky to have multiple DJ, multiple stores that carried uh, vinyl. The crazy part in the past was I, when one DJ played one certain song that's on a white label, which is like a pre-press, and it's like, you're like, oh, I want to get that track. And then 
when it does release, release like a couple months later, and then you get it. But majority of the time, a lot of DJs are very unique about what they have on their on their DJ sets. So it's like some might have some songs that you don't have, and you're like, how are you gonna get it? Mm -hmm. Depends on the record store that would have it. Yeah, and that's, you, that's crazy because a lot of people had different DJ sets. So not only was it just the skill that set the DJs apart, it was the music selection truly. Uh, you know, I mean, nowadays a lot of the stuff is the same. Well, I'm going to tell you about like how I really got started as a DJ. My brother was the original Modern Romance, and I was going with them. I was like seven, eight years old. I was going to all these like house parties and, and battle, um, battle uh, parties. So the infamous Tony G from KDAY was the one that influenced me to become a DJ. Just watching them, just scratching the two two records, and then they battle with that song. Is that just started like my DJ culture? Like my brother st retired. He only played for like four or five years, and then called it a quits. And I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna take over this legacy and keep it going. And, nice. And that's, that's how, how you I'm got still who I am, what I am, because of my brother. Nice. But yeah, if you know that record called uh, Alna Fish Hashim, that was that was the song. That was the song. That was the song back in the days that started everything. For me, so we got some people in the room. What's up to my brother? And what's up to uh, uh, hey Jose? What's up, man? How's it going? So, so if you're on here, want to ask any questions? Go ahead, feel free. And I can... yeah, and for anybody listening to the pre-recall, oh, shoot, Michael Trance in the building. So, um, so anybody on here listening to the pre-recorded uh, version of this later on when this gets re-released as audio? Oh my God! Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we go live on um, Facebook. So if you don't have me on Facebook, check it out and add me so that that way uh, you can be a part of the show when we go live with certain guests. Again, my guest today, Modern Romance. So thanks to all that are joining us right now on the Roger Rabbit Show. We just heard about how you got your name and a bit about how you started with vinyl back in like 1989 and you took over the mantle of modern romance from your brother. Yeah. So, um, well, a very true story I just thought about before I, I came out here is that I think I spent more money on records and, you know, when you get your DJ gigs, we weren't making that much back then. So, like, I pretty much spend more money on records and, you know, when you get your DJ gig money, you're like, okay, you're not evening out. You're just, you're negative all the time. Yeah, it was for the love of it. So yeah. you're kind of like just investing to, to kind of like uh, keep your uh, your hobby going. You yeah. Know? So how much did you make back then as a DJ uh, in 1989 carrying crates of records? What, what was the pay like? I think my average was like 75, maybe 100 bucks for just one hour set. And that's really not much back then because average you're spending records and that during that time was probably about $500,000 a month because... You got the domestic and you got the imports. The imports were just costing you so much more money because those are like almost like uh, twelve or fifteen dollars a record, and then the domestics were like four ninety nine to six ninety nine from whatever whatever call back then. Yeah. What did Michael say? Uh, Michael says, "Ask him we ask him how we met, laugh out loud, and about some crazy stories." So uh, Michael Trance of ADSR is on the chat right now, and Mike wants to know how did you guys meet? How did you meet? Uh, Michael Trans of ADSRSounds.com, which is super great sound sample website. If your producers out there or your DJs getting into producing, check it out. The first time I met Michael, he was playing at a ditching party at World on Wheels. We didn't meet in person, but I remember him spinning there. And then World on Wheels is a roller skating ring. Roller skating ring back in the days. It's still so that, open, was, right? that, was a, that was the first time I I saw him DJ because I was starting to get experience to the South Central scene. All those parties back then. 
Um, how do we met? That's I don't even, I don't recall that. All I remember is that I bought some clothes from him at the Monbello Mall during that time. That's all. <laughs> why, I why did you buy the clothes from Michael? What, what did uh, what was he? Where was he working? He was working at a retail store. He was a clothing store, and he, and he did that den with all the polka dot clothing line from yeah. what I remember, and I started buying all that nonsense. But so what did what um, where did you work back then? So you have to if you're not making money uh, DJing, you have to support your life somehow. So in 1989, what were you doing? <laughs> is it legal? I don't know. What we, we have. A, if you hear someone in the background, it's talking some nonsense. Yeah, we, it's funny. We have two jumbos. We have one in the chat right now, and we have uh, my other jumbo over Dude. here. He's playing Mario Kart. I was working. Yeah, Jeans West. Look, at, he remembers that. This is working at Jeans West. Michael Trance at Jeans West, back in 1989 or 90, and supporting <laughs> that record habit. So what about you? So so wait, wait, wait. So what did you do? Did you have a day job or were you like a hustler or something? No, no, no. I had a... Were you embarrassed of your day job? What was it? What was my first job? I was, oh, working, I was working Sprint selling long-distance um, packages on regular phone lines. Oh, shit, That was yeah. my first job. The you second job was a... You didn't have cell phone in, in like you had like no, what, landlines. 1-800-COLLECT and shit like that, right? Back in the day? It was landlines back yeah, then. Yeah, and like then um packages. That's my funny. early morning, I was... I was uh, working for the Tribune, throwing out newspapers at, in the neighborhood in, in Hacienda Heights. Oh, wow. That was another part-time job. And then, you know, the DJ gig, too. It, so it was, like, averaging out Yeah. back then. So did you uh, did you actually, um, like, were you the kind of person that rode a bicycle, or were you, like, on a, in a car delivering papers? No, the funny part is that when I was growing up, um, I didn't get my driver's license until I was 18 years old. I got, I got sick of my parents picking me up and dropping me off and during my high school era <laughs> so when i turned 18 i actually just took the test on my birthday and the teacher that was um what do you call it trying to give out driver's license yeah the first three people failed what and there i could see the look on the kids or the you know they're like oh, fuck i failed you know yeah and then uh, i went on i was like i'm gonna fail great i'm not gonna get my driver's license so i did everything perfect except for the 3.0 turn and then I get back, and I was like, I look at like, God, I failed. She's like, look, you know I failed three people, right? I was like, yeah, I saw that. She's like, look, I know it's your birthday today. You did everything perfect except for 3.0, so I'll let you pass that same 1%. Congratulations. I was like, oh, thank you. I got a driver's license out. Nice. So can you nail that turn now? Huh? Can you nail that turn now? Oh, yeah, because of the technology we have in our <laughs> Priuses now. <laughs> yeah, this, this, yeah, this guy right here there's someone makes fun of me how the way I park my car one time because I'm so park. Asian. <laughs> so gosh so yeah uh, you are um, I need more turntables yes there's someone else uh, on the chat right now and they uh, have a lot of there's gear. a contest on VPM Supreme yes if you want to win that rain set Right? Yeah, the rain, right. the rain twelves. We are the rain twelves. I'm looking at it right now. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm I'm seeing right in front of me right now. Yeah, maybe you if you want it. some, if you want to win these pairs of the the, the rain the rain twelves and the and the mixer seventy two. Go on to bpmsupreme.com and try it, and good luck in winning that contest. Hey, look at Look, I'm doing a shameless plug. Shameless plug, free plug from. Oh, we're gonna free plug else? from Neil. That's funny. So yeah, um, so let's talk about uh, a little bit later on. So what? How do you start networking with other DJs? Uh, being a pretty much unknown person, and then you meet Michael at a clothing store. Was he a big in for you for getting to know other DJs, or did you just do it yourself? And how did you? How receptive were they? The the crazy part about the era of a, you know like the '90s era of a, a partying is like we were all just going out every weekend networking and 
whatever gigs he's had, I rolled him, whatever gigs I had, he rolled me. I think for my my fame, that started all was uh, Club Vegas at Florentine Gardens. Um, originally, it was at Leonardo's on Thursdays. And one of the promoters asked me, like, hey, you want to open up for us? I was like, sure. And then I did that for a while, and then we moved it to Almani. I think when just having being on the Power 106 commercials, it was just an open... Uh, network for me to get all these other gigs and then when I landed in Hollywood it was game over like that was just my way of like getting other gigs to play at in Inland Empire, Orange County a um, couple of South Central parties because I was just you know experiencing that moment someone didn't turn their uh, their phone off before the uh, the live stream <laughs> Give me a second. hey what's up he's taking a phone call on the, 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 the Raju Avicel so we are going to go to the chat room here and check on stuff while yeah, he what takes about his it? phone call. Um, Jumbo, what yeah, is go ahead, go ahead. over here, Jumbo. Right. Jumbo's playing... Uh, hey, it's a work call, you know, you got to answer your work, work call. You need to put that shit on hold. <laughs> Anyways, we're back with Modern Romance, DJ Modern Romance. So you used to... Who do you really Yeah, are you serious? Exactly, took a fucking phone call. That's, yeah, hey, it's sure? the owner of the print shop. You know, you got to answer phone calls and ask them. They're asking me questions about work. Jeez, I got answers. So I, I made him wait till I was off work to even do this uh, interview. He was here, and I was like, "Yo, I gotta wait till six, so that that way you can actually do this." And so that's that's what I did. But that's okay. You can take phone calls while you're on while you're live. I'm taking away. What? Well, it says you can call. It says call. You can't read it you because it's not big. No, font. it's not big font. Yeah. Hold so, on. <laughs> so, um, so, so back to your networking and stuff. So Michael Trance was one of the biggest, uh, like your partner in crime, I guess you could say, when you were starting. Because it sounds like you guys did stuff together. Like you went to his gigs. He went to your gigs. Yeah, we were we were going out everywhere for like like over five six years. That's awesome. And so you actually, I mean, you had uh, a lot of, you had a lot of uh, accomplishments and accolades back in the day for wh what you did in the scene that you were in. You know, people don't realize this when they watch it. And like modern, modern's got a fucking history, man. So you got to tell these people right now watching. The voice smells. <laughs> you got to tell these people watching like, yo, like. The voicemail back then was the, the key to like calling um, where the, when the day of the party is, where the location at, the map points, those are all the key elements back then about um, for the underground scene and the party crew scene. How was that? How did you throw underground parties and, and people like were all about that, huh? Like secret info, right? You yeah. You didn't know where it was. Because if you put the location on the flyer, it's obviously it's going to get busted or raided and then the party doesn't go through. So to keep it more like suspenseful to that moment comes on the day of like, okay, you call up and like, okay, the map points over here. Then you go to that map location and you grab the map. They throw all the maps right there where they have a guy handing out the maps to the house party. Or even the red house parties. I mean, it was just that time of the era, like around 92, 93, was, was that uh, information how to get to that source. That's wild. So it was almost like, like now they just call it geocaching. And you like stick a fucking thing in a tree and you're just doing it to do it. But that you, you used to have to geocache so you can find the party. Yeah. That's crazy. Go to this corner here. You'll see a uh, two guys. One of which will probably have this secret code or something. And well, the, the funny part is I had, I had a voicemail called the SGB Raveline back then. It called what? The SGB Raveline. So it was, it, was, it was a beeper line. It only had like oh, wait, a, like a, a one beeper. minute. Tell these people what a beeper is. It was a one is. minute 
What a <laughs> one minute voice fell. Pretty much just explaining as much as you can on there. And then when the there are times the parties got canceled, I had to go into a payphone and call and then say something real okay, yeah, the party's over here, the map points over this time. Come oh, on down. So it would get busted or have uh, get close to getting busted and you would actually change the party like that. Yeah. I had to literally people. like on the day of the go to a to a payphone and just change the voicemail and stuff like that. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. How technologies wild. was back How much did it cost to have a voicemail line back in the day? Like ten bucks a month? Ten, twenty how much? It started at twenty and then it went down to like fifteen. Yeah. And then depending on how long you you want your voicemail for, it's additional. Wow. Wow. So that's how people found parties back in the day. Yeah. Two weeks. That's crazy. So what about um, flyers and how did you get into uh, printing and stuff? Because right now, currently, so we'll fast forward a little bit and get to today's modern romance, which you don't DJ much anymore? No, I, I, I retired. You're fully retired? Technically retired. Do you have a setup at home still? No, I don't have no equipment at all. No equipment at all? So you, that's why he's trying to win the Rain 12s. I had two beepers. Two beepers. Someone on the chat here, I'm going to put that on the screen because uh, everybody else can see what we're reading here. So... Uh, two uh, beavers for all the ladies, for all the business. One for the ladies, one for the business. Dang. That's well, crazy. That's, uh, that's awesome. I, I had a beeper, but it was like, I was a kid, and I just wanted one because it was on TV and, you know, shit. Like, I'd watch, and my friends and I had beepers, and we didn't have anyone to talk to, so I would just page my friend or have my mom page me when I needed to come home or something. It was stupid as fuck to have a beeper that young for me it was not uh for that a sky pager sky pager like the, the flip up the pagers, flip up one, those yeah cool. those were real cool I had, two ways. Two ways. I had one of those too i wanted one because they were in music videos again again no with the problem with that being in indiana getting a two-way pager when you're young as fuck is no one had them at all either and so who are you going to two-way page when you're the only one with them I only had one person I knew with a two-way pager. It was like my friend DJ Flex. So I was DJing at the time. I was young, and uh, he had one. So I had a Skytel. And um, we just click on this. He, yeah, this is added to the broadcast here. So we have someone talking in. It says Sky. Sky. You called, and they typed the message for you. Oh, Sky Pager. You called, and they typed the message for you. So that's not even. That's different than. Than that, wow. That was later on, like in. Um, wow, they you you could actually call them and they would do it and send it to that person's pager. That's insane. Oh yeah, good dad operator. I forgot about that. Yeah, they, really. It was like later on down the road, like in ninety seven, ninety eight. You call the op, you call the number. The operator will type all the information. Wow. And then they send it to you. That's yeah, I remember that. Jeez, yes, that's very true. That's crazy. I, I forgot about I, that. I think. Um, that let's see, let's see what Michael says here. Michael I'll add says. him to the broadcast here. Michael says he was hood with a beeper, uh, with a beeper and typing numbers upside down and uh, send you a text message. Yeah, the code for like 403 was was ho back then. Oh, my yeah, god. I remember that, that, all the, the code. Oh my god, the code, 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 code text type. That's funny. That's considered emojis back in the days. Yeah, wow, that is emoji that's the first emoji was uh it was yeah. a, the subliminal upside down numbers like four oh three was ho and eight zero zero eight like a calculator like boo boob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen close. 
Sky no, Pager. not 1989. Someone says Sky Pager was 1989. That was not 1989. Well, maybe they still had it, even like... It was like movie. later. Beeper was like 1992. I remember that because I had it in high school. On my software. Look at that. There's, there you go for the old for the old school right there. We're going to put it on the screen. Boob on the screen. Boob. Oh, boob. <laughs> All the subliminal code. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now, okay, so, so you're retired from... Uh, so you're what's re- up? Uh, was it Jennifer? Jennifer. So what's going on? You're you're now uh, retired from DJing and you're in the printing business, right? It's a gift and a curse. It's a gift and a curse. So tell us about printing and how did you get involved in printing? Is it something that carried over from your days of party promotion and you kind of just got into printing because of the flyers you made or what? The, the true story about me getting into printing was that um, I was at Ania Graphics and I was sitting next to the designer designing a flyer for Saturday nights and luckily I just started learning how this shop started doing printing and I just learned little things here and there how the way it's set up and you know and then for now I was like oh you can make you can make some really good money on this and then um, I went to another source which was monochrome back then and he taught me a lot more to it and that was that's how I was like you know I'm gonna start selling printing and I love how like I can sell and close deals. That's why I'm still successful to this day. So yeah, that's how. Uh, that's how you got into it. So I got you, into you, it. You just stayed with it, and like that's my hustle. Yeah. The number one key, number one key to any business is referrals. If somebody likes how the way you provide service to your customers, they're all gonna refer to other people. Like, hey, go to this guy. He'll take care of you. And that's I think that was my key to to my success was, was referrals. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what kept me going and still does right yes awesome and just how you referred people to this podcast by sharing it you're a good refer yeah oh thank you and that's what somebody was talking about Share. the rain so look yeah. at this yeah you're good at that so uh what else are we let's sky see pagers was what sky pagers uh, someone said they had the sky pager in 1989 and it says sky pager was afflicted with pack affiliated with pack bell pack bell Damn, you remember Pac Bell? Pac Bell, yes, I remember Pac Bell. That's crazy. I remember Packard Bell, the computer. Oh, man, that's crazy. We're going back in time right now on this discussion with Modern Romance. So, when you talk about printing uh, modern, how, um, like, how, what's the biggest batch of, of files or biggest batch of, uh, of, of flyers you printed and what was it for? Can you tell us? I think the most amount of printing I've done on one client was probably about. Two hundred thousand on one, one one order. It was crazy, but then we're talking about like the early like ninety eight, ninety nine, like because yeah. that time of the era was like um, bigger festivals and stuff like that. So they just wanted big amounts of flyers. So how has printing been affected by everyone having cell phones and stuff these days? Social media, right? In social media, but I mean, how has it been affected? Social media really kind of like killed the marketing on the street level because they depend on that I mean it's cost effective but at the end of the day it's like social media doesn't really go hand in hand on a person that is in front of you mm-hmm. if you're handing out a flyer to somebody on the street say like uh, like there's a festival last Saturday here in San Diego called uh, Crust or Crust Festival was doing a festival so you have people outside passing out flyers you're, re- you're actually reminding that person to come to that next event. Mm-hmm. Instead of you doing all 
Everybody's around on social media. They can look up an event and they'll see what's going on. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, they promote it here and there because they pay for the sponsored ads, but there's no communication between a real human being because if you're giving somebody um, a flyer, you're reminding that person, hey, this next big event's coming up. Make sure you're, you know, go buy your tickets. And you can make an impression with them too. So it's exactly. like someone physically gave you this flyer. You're like, oh, that guy's cool. Yeah, maybe I, I'll be there. I personally used to be a street promoter back in the days. And yeah. what the was same it thing like? is it's like you're, you're selling yourself on the streets just to remind everybody like, hey, come to this event, come to this event. What was it like being a street promoter? It was just adding more sales to my uh, printing business. Nice. That's why I was doing both. Oh, same damn. Time. So you, pa- you paired that together. Yes, I did. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. I was like, depending on the hook. So if I hired you as a street promoter, I'd get a better deal because you have to hook up on printing. Yes. Damn. So I gave him a combo deal. I was like, hey, look, I'll, I'll hook up on the printing, but this is the amount of flowers we need to promote all these events. And they're like, okay, cool. So that's, that was my other uh, way of selling. Damn. That's awesome. That's a great uh, tactic there. Uh, so street promoters, what are you saying? he's saying, well, he's pagers. talking about the pagers. Uh, it's right here. So we'll pop that on the screen there. The pagers were developed in the 60s and became widely used in the 80s. So, True. yeah, it's kind of crazy. That singular. Singular used to be uh, yeah, I used to, used to AT&T. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about the street promotion thing, right? So was that ever dangerous at all? You guys remember what? Oh, he's, I just put that up there. Oh, okay. I just put that up there. So, okay. like, do you, was street promoting ever dangerous? Because, I mean, you got to think there was other people out there promoting, right? Yeah, I've dropped down. Did you guys fight? Yeah, everybody has their... There's there's always that moment when you go to an event and they, they don't like what you're promoting. They, they cock block on you and they're like, you have to leave the premises and stuff like that. But that happens majority of the time back then. But I hit the cars. So I was like, okay, cool. You can kick me out, but I already hit the cars. At least somebody's going to get the other flyers. Yeah. So. Now, yeah, but I mean, what about other rival like street promoters? Did you ever have like shit like men that motherfuckers like trying to take my flyers down? And yeah, of course. That always happens. Yeah. Everybody's going to hate on each other. Yeah, that's a given. And you never like fought anybody over it. Um, from what I recall, I don't was, remember all were, that. Was I don't remember? <laughs> well, you you have a pretty mellow temperament though, from what I from what I've ever experienced with you. So, you know. Oh, when you know when somebody puts you on that that um crazy moment, of course you're gonna snap. But then after that, I just let it be. After that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I am I am human. Yeah. But I, majority of the time, I'll, I'll, I hate to try to start a fight with anything. I try to, like, compromise. Yeah. But everybody else has their anger issues, and they start their fights, and I'll just walk away from that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, <laughs> so parties, early parties, 80s, 90s. I mean, what's great about uh, back then, I mean, some people kind of wild out to this day a little bit. Um, but do you have any stories where, you know, you've seen some people do some crazy things at a party? Because nowadays, everything's going to be caught on a cell phone or a camera, you know? Like back in the day, and I mean, if you were doing crazy stuff and there was no photographer around, most likely it was not going to be shared, uh, at least with real evidence. You know, someone might spread the story of it. But do you uh, have what's some crazy stuff that you've seen that you miss uh, back in the day when people used to really be uninhibited while they're not partying versus now where they're like, oh, social media. There was a there was a house party in Baldwin Park back in the days where I remember it detailedly. <laughs> they broke into a house. Oh God! And um, I'm just chilling outside in the front, just you know, like, okay, what's the next thing we're gonna go to? And then all you see is a fight inside the house that a guy got thrown out through the window. Oh shit! And I was looking, I was like, okay, we gotta go. And then everyone started running out of the house, and then 
mentioned up, I hopped in some somebody's truck, and we ended up being at a map point. We're just figuring out what's the after hours after that. But yeah, it was so wait, wait, somebody's party. Wait, wait, I don't get it. So there, there was a party at that house. They broke into it. It was an empty house. Okay, it was an empty house. Uh-huh. They broke into it to have a party there. Yeah, there was a party going on. No, they just broke into the house, threw a party, brought the DJ equipment. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But there was a party commencing. Right? Yeah. And then some people at the party got in a fight? Somebody inside the house started fighting. Wow. So it wasn't, like the, home, it wasn't was... like the homeowner came home and threw some. No, out. nobody was nobody's in the house. Okay. It was just us throwing That's just there for the party. You guys would do that and you just throw shit, throw Not me, the, the the party crew that threw the party got started fighting with wow. somebody and then they, I, can't, they, I cannot believe they that threw that. somebody out of the house out of the window and, and I was right there in the front the front uh yard and I was just like, uh, okay, what do we do now? And then you just see everybody running out and and then I just ended up hopping in somebody's car with my creative records and then got to the map point and just figuring out where to go to next. So basically we have a comment right now, I'll put it on the screen, events, events then, then we're more personal and not so much now. The passing out flyers, really hustling and uh, that uh, comes with perks too. So yeah, there was uh, probably a lot of cool perks to... Uh, to doing uh you know to doing it back in the day uh what would you say that you miss uh about uh the party scene and the party life in especially when you talk about like house music and stuff what do you miss about house music parties back maybe five ten years ago or house music parties now um if you're partying during like 1990 all the way to 2000 that was the best decade there's nothing compared to that moment because it went. We started from house uh, house parties to warehouses to um, festivals at the pre stages of festivals. Everything was just like uh, the the early stages of everything, and that whole era will never be the same the way it is now because what is now it went more corporate. Mm-hmm. And it's not exciting how it was during the, the decade I was involved with and and building up the stages of your success from that era. It's not gonna, it's never going to be like that again. Yeah, it's just kind of morphed into something else now. Um, I don't know if it's for the better or not. It's just uh, it's just the way it is. Um, it's hard to say that one is better than the other because I mean, now you have people that can completely blow up and reach an audience and they didn't have to leave their hometown because of the internet you know yeah uh you have parties that can go down uh in ways that 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 never have before i mean there's silent parties now have you seen that yeah the silent disco what do you think of the silent disco so for those that don't know a silent disco is where everybody will rock wireless headphones and be tuned into a channel sometimes there's two channels so everyone at the party gets issued these headphones that they have to return at the end of the event but during the party you'll have one dj or two playing um on a channel and wirelessly and everyone's rocking out to it and it's silent the whole part i mean except if people are speaking or something then it would just sound like a bunch of people just hanging out in a room at a bingo hall or something but it's it's there's no music that you hear it's really wild what do you think about it i actually um i did one of i did a silent disco set on a group cruise two years ago wow. like around three four in the morning and it's just like all my friends in their headphones on it's just weird trying to mix through um the dj side with no monitors because 
I had to do it all through the headphone. Yeah. So I had the master channel on and then, you know, trying to like, luckily with the pioneers, you're very accurate on your VPN. So it's not hard to like mix two songs together. It's, it's pretty dead on yeah. without the sync button. But so it's like, it kind of helped me out on the, I figured out the next five, 10 minutes of just trying to DJ. I'm like, okay, now, I, now I know exactly what to do. So you like CDJs? CDJs are, are amazing now. So what do you think about the uh, sync button? Um, sync button to me is like, if you don't know how to beat match the song, if that's your easiest way to like, to not train wreck. Yeah. And, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. But you gotta remember too, like technology advances so much, like, it's gonna, it's gonna come to that point that there's, there's nobody have to be in front of the booth. It just plays by itself. Yeah, I it's mean, gonna come to that moment, but but, like but, but 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 still, I mean, even okay, so algorithms and whatnot is still like sometimes there is a matter of reading the room. Unless the only way that they can really get that is if someone, if for some reason somehow, like all everybody's phone, no matter what it is, Android, iPhone, whatever, it can somehow say share or say the the playlist that you like on Spotify or the shit that you normally listen to and it combined all of those people's like listening habits to some kind of receiver in the building then reading the room could happen by a robot but until then reading the room is pretty much hard because you have to look in there and say oh look there's an old dude hey look there's an old dude but he looks pretty cool he's like dressed a little bit more modern he's more dialed in you know like you can like you, there's something that, that cannot currently be replaced right now by robots by reading a room, and I love that about DJing still in today's modern times. You know? If you can't make a person dance on the dance floor, you're not a DJ. That's the truth. I mean, that's the difference that separates <laughs> people from, you know, good ones from bad ones, you know, uh, for sure, is uh, getting that mood right, you know, making sure that the mood matches what you are doing. And sometimes it's not even about the dance per se it's about the mood of the venue so that's what really also is is another level of djing is because sometimes you'll play a gig where you're not supposed to make people dance maybe perhaps it's it's a uh sit down uh uh restaurant and you're just kind of playing background music every every dj gig is always depends on what what you get hired for Mm -hmm. you know festival dj you got to play all the the festival the music, shit. Yeah, the you know, shit. if you're playing a club and you're open format, you gotta, you got four or five hours of music that you gotta build up from the beginning to the end, yeah. play all the hits at the end because they want to hear the hits. So speaking of the hits, what are you like currently? Modern romance, the DJ. What do you like modern music wise? As far as what DJing? Like, or just, no, uh, just music. Like, what is your favorite shit out right now? Like, what kind of music? <sighs> I listen to more like um, techno sets like from uh, Jamie Jones, Martinez Brothers, um, Solomon. Um, what was the last thing I? What was the last thing I went to? Um, Solomon and. What did you listen to? On oh, Serez uh, D and Adam Bayer, like uh, Carl Cox, stuff like that. Just like all the music that you don't hear all the time. Just everybody's playing underground music. Nice. So do you have anything that you want for Christmas? <laughs> if you see the Christmas tree in the background, it's, it is uh, currently... I don't know Christmas what I season. want for Christmas because every freaking year, I mean, my, this is my birthday month and it's like I always get the two for one. What? You get robbed? You get robbed? I get robbed every year. Every year since every year. a kid? 
<laughs> well, how close is your birthday to uh um, to before New Year's Eve? Right before New Year's Eve? Right before New Year's oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, you got robbed. I get robbed every year. Wow. Like, I mean, like, this year I'm not even looking forward to my birthday because of my age. Well, are you like, looking forward to your birthday or not looking forward to Christmas or both? <laughs> Christmas is Christmas. Nothing special. Do you like getting in the zone with Christmas? Do you like celebrate and put, like, lights up and stuff? Nah. No? I have this Christmas tree that's been sitting in my apartment for two years. Everybody comes over, you never take it down? I'm like, why am I take it down? Like, it's sitting there. <laughs> you mean I want to light it up, up right now. Year. Like, it's already December. It stays up all year? Yeah. Really? Year. It's crazy, man. He's Jumbo, does he have a Christmas tree all year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that's hilarious. Does it have an ornament, so just a tree? No ornament. Yeah, with the, you know, it has the lights in there. He's plugging in. So, so we have a very minimalist Christmas tree, my wife and I. We have uh, um, a, uh, it's, uh, we got it from Ikea last year. We, were, we, we had, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's straight up, like, it's like um, an outline of a tree. It's like, I don't know, it's just got these, like, little branches it um it looks almost flat like it's not 3d there's not it's not like this fake tree behind me um it's uh it's a very weird looking tree i'll post a picture of it on the blog that accompanies this uh that accompanies this uh post this episode i'll post a picture of the crazy christmas tree that i have this year but it's really cool because it's minimalist you know what i hate about real trees is real trees you have to uh you water have to it. water it the the fucking needles fall off of it. <laughs> yeah. Someone says someone says hello to Jumbo because he's Jumbo too. There's another Jumbo. Hey Jumbo, I'm Jumbo too. Yeah. <laughs> so same here, brother. Told oh wow, the birthday's on the thirteenth. But yeah, fake Christmas trees are the best, even if it looks like the one behind me, uh, because you don't have to clean up after them. I hate needles falling out of a tree i used to step on, i used to find needles in the toy box like when i was a kid and we would have a real tree and growing up uh, i hated them because i would step on them and they the older they get the worse they are to step on so i would still find like needles in places i have no idea how they got there maybe my cat drug them off to there or something but needles and christmas trees i hate them and that's what makes me like fake trees i mean yeah like school trees i got my name from the navy so we have another jumbo on here so just in case people want to see what we're reading because anybody watching this can't see i used to it. be a cook in the navy he used to be a cook in the navy so he used so to, his nickname uh, was jumbo he used to make large jumbo portions that's awesome oh, wow. that's a cool story how did you become jumbo come over here come on <laughs> come on come on come on. come on i'm gonna just move the camera and put you on there i'm gonna do it right now i'm gonna move the camera all right so everybody can see real quick. This is the other Jumbo. He's right there playing, uh, playing Punch Out. He's enjoying um, the gift that I gave to. Yes, you bless, uh, dude. You blessed our office, man. Thank you very much. You did. I bring gave him a, a nice Christmas Chris, gift. A nice to the office here. here at BPM Supreme. He brought us a Nintendo Classic and an this, NES Classic and a Super Nintendo, Nintendo Classic. Right so that's super cool. They're they're awesome. And too, they're getting one raffled off on the Christmas party. So one lucky oh, winner might yeah. get one. So there's also an extra one that's going to get raffled to our employees too. So that's super cool. Thank you for looking out for uh, for our staff like that. You're welcome. So, um, is there anything? Uh, is there anything else that you're looking forward to uh, in 2019? What about what do you got planned for 2019? Um, I might start taking over to other company. I can't disclose that information. Oh shit! But big moves. Uh, big moves. Uh, 
nice adventure. Nice. Um, I got involved with a movie called Harbang and Tweet. Oh um, yeah, tell them about that. I can't really go more into details, but um, oh. it's for next year. We're we're gonna release it out, and once everything goes in place, and you'll see more information about documentary, that. right? Yes, documentary. Awesome about the Hard House movement. Oh. movement oh shit! Of LA. Nice. Yeah. So if you want to find out more of a history of uh, hard house music as uh, well as just a lot of other pioneers in that genre, I definitely recommend everybody check out this uh, this movie. I got a little bit of a, a inside uh, information in my head that you shared with me, so I'm not going to share too much of it right now on the Roger Rabbit Show, but I really appreciate you being here. Is there anything else you'd like to say to these wonderful people listening uh, later on or watching right now? I think we go like another 10 more minutes and then we'll be done. Go another 10 more minutes yeah. and then you're done? All right, he's okay. he's not done. Let's see. So are we going to get Jumbo? Are we going to get our Jumbo over here on the thing? That's the question. There's another gentleman that's, for the people listening to the audio podcast, there's a gentleman who accompanied Modern Romance here today. <laughs> and his name is Jumbo. And the funny part is we actually have a Jumbo, who I know as well, who is on the, the, uh, on the, the chat box here. Jumbo in-house says he's the OG Jumbo. Jumbo, how long have you been named Jumbo? Uh, on 20 years. 20 years. So we have 20 years of Jumbo right here. <laughs> what about... Jumbo from Orange County. Not the Alex Jumbo from... Not, not the Alex Jumbo from Diva. There was, another old, there was another Jumbo back then, too. Oh, yeah. His name is Alex. His name is Alex, too. So this Jumbo so name Alex? Jumbo for 20 years. And you're not named Jumbo. And, uh, <laughs> so... I don't know if we're going to get him on there. I think he's a little shy, but he's or he's just really into Super Nintendo right now. So uh, either way. Oh, 1984 Jumbo over here on the chat. Oh, the he's beating you. He's beating you. He's old. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> he's nice. old. So, so um, let's go ahead and talk about the, um, let's talk about music production. Did you ever produce music too? Um... Because Michael Trance produces music. Yes, he How does. How come you never got into it if Mike saw him? Michael Trance is a real DJ. Oh! Wow. Shade thrown wow. from the jungle. He's on there, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> on there. He, he, he he's watching it. I don't know if he's still he's on He's watching it. Sorry. Um, I, did a, I did a record. It was, called, it was a question mark. It was a hard house uh, bootleg. And um, the guy that ran that label, I convinced him to put these tracks out. And I kind of helped out, like, Nitz kind of, like, put some little things in that track to make it better. And and the funny part is when we pressed the records out, finally, I gave a copy to, or he gave a copy to Henry. And when I heard it on Power 6, I was like, it was just, like, the, the start of, like, oh, my God, I was involved with this record. Like, oh, my God, it's getting played on the radio. Like, I was, I was like, blessed with it. The real kicker was um, uh, a producer named George Centeno was just starting and I was remembering um I was in my car he put the cassette on in the car and we're inside, we're outside a parking lot at a at um Tropicana in Hollywood so we're outside just listening to this track I was like oh my god I could put this out for you I could sell this whole album he had two EPs I was gonna get the other one but he sold it to Aqua Boogie which Aqua Boogie's out here in San Diego back in the days but uh, um oh my god I forgot the guy's name but he's from he's from this side of town, and um, when I put it out, it was a hard banging tweet by George Senna on on Music Factory, and that record was just 
blown away for being a best hard house track every yeah. Tuesday. Wow. And I was the first to get it and pitch the sale and and I was an A and R back then. I think I was just scared to like do tracks because I don't I'm not really like I'm just more of the closer of like what's good and what's not. I mean that's what I did. Yeah. So more of a DJ. Well, well, you know, when you produce music too, it's really crazy because it's kind of like just saying like, it's like look at my baby, and then people might call it like ugly. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like putting your soul out there for it to be judged. You know, uh, so to me, music production is some one of the hardest things to really do. Um, well, back back then it wasn't. Yeah, back then it wasn't about what songs you make because. Everybody was getting DJ gigs, no matter what, in that time era. It doesn't, it doesn't matter about what track you made out and stuff like that. But if you look at the the generation now, like you have to put out a hit record to even get a DJ gig, to get that big amount of money that you want to get, you know, like like a Zed or a, a Calvin Harris or a David Guetta, yeah, like Afrojack. Like they got to make tracks to just keep their gigs going, no matter what, and get paid what they want to get paid. Yeah, it's the truth. Well, it's a different time now. You kind of almost have to do production, like you said. Um, but even then, production is scary. There's people that don't even put it out there because they're scared of the commentary they might get, you know? Um, so Yeah, but you, know, you got to remember, it's like your, your fail is always your, you're going to be your, your success because when you know something is not, if, if the track is terrible, you got to keep working to make it better. Yeah. Until you know you made a hit record. I mean, that's how it works. Yeah. Right or wrong. Right. Yeah, right. That's the truth. I yeah. mean, like, you know when you know your you know you your first track you made sucked, you're like and everybody critic critiques you, you're like, Okay, you have to go back in the studio and make it better. Yeah. So that's some momentum you have to do. So don't give up if you're out there making music. Uh modern romance says keep going. Keep doing it. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Awesome. And then, you know, if, if your track is really good, it could probably land it here on VPM Supreme. Oh, shit. Dude, the in, the endless plugs. Even the music the video, plugs, too. The plug, See? The plugs keep coming. I appreciate that. That's dope. See, look at I was watching Rihanna yesterday, you know? It's like, promoting <laughs> her music video. She's promoting her track. Yes. She's still going. What do you want to promote? Is there anything that you got out there for the world? My dream was always to do, like, big festivals and book the DJs I want to book, but it's so corporate now. It's so... Um, how do you put in words? You're getting cock blocked. Monopoly. It's a monopoly, yeah. Yeah. You can't really do much, so you cater to other type of music and build that up, like yeah. what Jumbo does for a living. Jumbo, who is off screen, is pretty interesting character as well. Jumbo <laughs> uh, is involved with. Can I tell him what you do? Yeah. Right. He's a concert promoter. He's a concert promoter, and it's really cool. Because um, he produces some really awesome, awesome concerts, including some really neat old school themed concerts, too. Like, there's a there's a concert that's coming up uh, next week in, at the it's Microsoft, right? Yeah. Pop-up. Pop-up tour with Snoop Dogg, Warren G. Uh, who else is on the line? Oh, uh, Cat Williams hosting. Wow. And who else is on the line? A bunch of potheads. <laughs> yeah, anyway. It's so a good lineup. It's awesome. Oh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so next Saturday, he's part of that concert. So do you help Jumbo put that on? or is he I don't put it on. That's all his. Jumbo. But he, he helps me with the daily concert sometimes. Yeah. They, uh, he helps out right there when we're in the background. Nice. <laughs> nice. So you're helping out right now this, this show in the background. 
and uh, <laughs> and modern is uh, there. What he said, he's forty five. Uh, uh, and he was retired. Yeah, you're older so, than him. That's I, another I that. another sidebar, guys, about Neil's vision. I wear glasses and I can't see shit either. But Neil, your vision is way worse than mine. Yeah, I'm fucking blind. I blame Nintendo for making me wear glasses back then. Yeah, <laughs> that first that, the Nintendo you see how, right here. How, that first Nintendo made me wear glasses. How he's blaming it on Nintendo. Nintendo he's really close to the screen. I was screen, playing video you? games like crazy, and that's what that's what made me have to wear glasses. Are you still a gamer? Nah, when I do, I do. You don't play like Xbox 360 or something like that? Nah. Oh, look at look, he's done. Jumbo is done playing Nintendo. Come on, say what's up to everybody. Hop in the, hop in the, the shot here. That is Jumbo, everybody. Say what's up, Jumbo. Hello, hello. You see that sweater he's wearing? That was like a, that's exactly a year ago. Kings the King, of the, the West. King of the West. That was the best sure. concert right there. Damn. That was a uh, Cypress Hill, Ice Cube, and uh, Snoop Dogg. Awesome. A year ago, officially a year ago. So what's it like putting on uh, concerts, Jumbo? I usually produce mostly the Spanish ones, but my cousin is in charge of all the hip hop, old school R and B. I yeah. do mostly all the Latin stuff, but he does more of the hip hop stuff. Nice. And so, like, when you threw your first concert, how old were you? <laughs> when I did my first one, I was a loser. I put up my <laughs> own money. It was a Spanish one. Yeah. Probably like in two thousand and ten, and I lost. But I was like, I was learning how to do concerts. I was more, I, I grew up in the club scene with him and a bunch of other people back in the day. Yeah. But nowadays it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different now that my cousin runs it. I mean, we, you know. You guys do do really well though. It's really cool. I think we're getting up there with uh, the Live Nations and the uh, Golden Voices, even though they, they still kind of hate on us, but they, we do co-pros with them. So it's kind of working out. Yeah. We're trying to get in with us too. It's just, you know, it's tough. Yeah, the concert promotion game has got to be kind of tough. I mean, how hard is it to uh, actually, like, make sure the artists get there and they're not all, like, stoned and stuff? No, the smaller the better. <laughs> well, how, what about them being late? I'm sure artists are late. I mean, yeah, that's why they get, they, get, uh, they get penalized on their fee. So ah. how late they are, how late they make us run, and how much the venue charges us for running late, we charge that to the, uh, the artists because they broke, you know, yeah. the contract. Oh wow, that's nice! I didn't know that you could uh, even plan for that stuff. That's really. By the way, cool. you know that he was one of the ones that first threw. What was it? Smoke out. Smoke out. And I didn't throw it. I was just part of the. Um... Put a money for it. No, I I I started Rock the Bell. Rock the Bells. There you go. That's I was a co-founder of that. That's me. Rock the Bells. Rock the Bells was a. There's <laughs> a history on that. So he's done concerts, just you know. Nice. I've been part of a lot of things. I have a lot of good resume on my side. Just a long list. Like long list. Long list. So, um, what's the coolest? Uh, what's what's the what's the concert that you didn't think would have a lot of success, but ended up uh, actually having success? Jumbo. Depends on how you want to look at it. I just had one in Nashville, which I wasn't expecting it to be a moneymaker, but it was a new venue for for you know the Latin market that's never been there before. Uh, the Bridgestone's always been known for more of a rock and country music. Yeah. Uh, They've never really done any. Actually, the band I took there was the first Latin artist ever there, so we broke even, which to us is a win because we introduced the venue to the people of that area and the Latin market that should never been there and they were scared to go to downtown. And I think next year it'll be a better success for us. So I look at it as a win. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. You said Nashville. Nashville. Nice. That's cool. I love that. So bring bringing uh, the Latin. Uh, concerts to areas that are not uh, normally known well i guess traditionally known for hosting latin events well the artist we took 
they're so controlled by like Light Nation and other big companies, I basically have to pick locations that they themselves would be scared to do. Mm. So I take the risk in areas where they probably wouldn't, and then from there we build on. Wow, that's awesome. That's, so that's one way to circumvent, like the monopolies, like EDM. You know, yeah. you got you got uh, Insomniac. So you basically have to go someplace where they don't book these artists and basically do a show yourself. Take the risk. Yeah, that's one way to circumvent the monopoly companies. That's awesome. That's great advice. I didn't even think about that. Do you? That's really cool. I don't like you guys are looking. Someone says it looks like we're looking at them because you don't look at me when I'm talking to you. You're looking <laughs> straight at the camera this whole time. It's really funny. It's funny someone noticed that because I was wondering if anyone was going to notice that. So if you're listening to the audio podcast, Modern Neil, Modern Romance is looking straight dead at the it. camera the whole time. I'm asking him a, I'm asking him a question. He's, <laughs> he's straight locked into the camera, looking into the souls of the viewers out there. Uh, on the live stream, so he is dialed into your soul. Uh, you will not only take some of this conversation with you, you'll take some Neil's soul because he's locked eyes with you for, <laughs> for 40 minutes straight. He's locked eyes with all of the audience out there. So, um, how did you two meet each other? Like in Lucky Lounge? Lucky Lounge. I used to do a club in What uh, is that? It used to be a that was club. the best Thursday night club back in the days. Yeah. Like, in, in Wait, so you used to DJ? No, no, no he was, was a promoter. Oh, wow. So That we, was the night, like, every hot Latino girl would be there on Thursday. Was, so Lucky Lounge originally started in Orange County. We started in Irvine. Then we moved into the House of Blues of Anaheim when they first opened. So we started off the first Thursday night there. And I remember where I had Snoop Dogg hosting. Wow. And this is in 2000. 2000. And then uh, we were there for about six months. And then we found this new club. It's an old club called QC's 2020 in Montebello. They had just remodeled it, so we went to go my, uh, and back then, the guy who was in charge of the company I was working for, uh, Jerry Nahara, went to go look at it, and it was a nice-ass club. It was it was nicer than any club in Vegas at the time. Wow. That's how nice this club was. We went we, we went in there, started doing Thursday nights, and we I think we kind of started the trendy wear, because most clubs were like suits, suit jackets. <laughs> they, they had to be dressed up like a, like a, like a cholo in a suit. <laughs> so us coming from Orange County, Century Club, dress code. Yeah, you know, stock exchange, stock exchange, Camachos even was you know suits. Wow. So we started the whole jeans, you know, fitted shirts, stuff like that, and it was a we had a long running four years of Thursday nights right there. It was it was awesome. That's how we met. Are you right? He said, uh, "I sold my soul way back." Uh, <laughs> so I'll put this on the on the screen here. And this is, uh, we have a user comment here, uh, oh, Junior, and, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I spilled a, a, a water, luckily it's water, water doesn't stain, um, says, uh, he, he said, I sold my soul way back, uh, this is reminding me of when I started doing events in the 90s, uh, with Tim Ortiz, and we first started, uh, Event Vibe, oh, snap. Oh, wow. Dope. Junior, uh, Junior the Disco Punk. So he is uh, Junior awesome. the Disco Punk. And he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a legend here and, as well. So I'll have you on one day, too. If your soul is still around after Neil looking dead set in your eyes after this podcast, I'm going to get you for another episode of the Roger Abbott Show, hopefully. Um, 
if you get going because your, your last house snow. your last house is going to die right now it's <laughs> what is it that's 19 percent. you 19%. can't even see the the, the i can see the red <laughs> definitely anyways so, we gotta get going because um i'm going to the scam christmas party you're, wait you're going to the scam christmas party yeah, and you right. didn't invite me everybody's why i told told the other like, oh we figure out we're gonna go or not Oh, man. And I'm like, I'm going. So Yeah, I would go, but uh, I have to go catch a plane in the morning. I'm going no, to... Oh, you're not going to make it. Yeah, I'm not going to make it. What? The party? No, definitely not. i got to go catch a plane. But, uh, hey, appreciate it, Junior. Thank you so much. Thanks for uh, everyone for watching. Uh, he just vaped inside the office on camera, so I have to explain <laughs> that to my boss. But uh, I will... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching the Crosby Rabbit Show. Instincts. Remember, if you're listening on audio on iTunes or SoundCloud, that this is available on video as well. It's pretty entertaining to watch it. So check it out on YouTube. Thank you for watching. I appreciate everybody. And Bo, what up, Bo? A man in Atlanta right now. All Remember, right. try to win them Rain 12s right there. Rain 12, sign up to win them. It's Christmas really gift. awesome. Great Christmas gift. Have a good night. Bye, everybody.